0: Like you could disappear, you could fall, no one oh. here.
1: Metropolitan Community Church, and, uh,
2: I thank you. and I use he, him, his pronouns. And I'm Mike Angel, I'm the rector of the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. <laughs> I also use he, him, his pronouns. Uh, we're here today to welcome you to this year's Interfaith Pride Service. It's not been an easy year for us here in this country, it's not been an easy year in St. Us. we want to name just from the very beginning of this service that faith voices here in this city and from this city have done damage um, have hurt the LGBTQ community across our country and in our world and so it's really important that we're here today to claim this space it's important today to claim this space in the midst of pride to say that there is a place for people in faith and that faith voices have a role to play, have an important role to play, in the ongoing work for LGBTQ plus liberation. As our presiding bishop in the Episcopal Church, Michael Curry likes to say, if it's not about love, it is not about God. So we're here to claim back that space 50 years after Stonewall, 40 years after the first march led here in St. Louis, we are here to claim space. We are here to say that we need ethical voices, we need rabbinical voices, we need clergy voices at the table, and we need every person of faith to make space. That's why I'm particularly proud to share this stage today with so many religious leaders who have done such great work representing congregations that have been there since the very beginning to work for LGBTQ plus liberation. And it's a special privilege this year to stand here with my compadre, Wes, who uh, represents an organization that has been named by the Pride Board as an award winner. MCC was the first organization, the very first organization founded in St. Louis specifically to make a space for LGBTQ faith voices.
1: So, while MCC may have been the first in St. Louis, uh, the first in the, in the world, really, uh, with our first congregation in LA in 1968, a year before Stonewall, what I want to do today is say that MCC wishes to share this award that we received with all of our inclusive, ethical, uh, spiritual communities in our city. Because the journey to get from where we were to where we are today was one that took all of us working in all of our different denominations and religious communities and ethical communities in order to be able to reach this point where we are here together, worshipping as one uh, together today in this space. And so I want to ask you to just give yourselves a round of applause because many of you were part of the ones who made that possible here. Since we don't have fancy projector screens or bulletins for you, we do want to explain to you a bit about our service today. So our service today is gonna be in two parts. Uh, We celebrate 50 years of Stonewall and 40 years of pride here in St. Louis today. We'll do that first by honoring the legacy. So the first half of our service focused on the legacy that brought us to this moment. And then the second half of the service focusing on the challenge to
2: ourselves, Uh, to work for a world that is filled with hope. And so we invite you along on that journey now. So to begin our legacy section, we'd like to invite up rabbis Scott Chaprin and Daniel Bogart to begin our legacy section. Thank you very
3: much. I'm Rabbi Scott Shaffron, I'm the Associate Rabbi of Corina Synagogue University of City, and I use he, him, his pronouns. I've been waiting to be here with all of you for a very long time. I've been waiting to be able to use my voice as a faith leader in support of the LGBTQ community ever since I was 18 and my younger brother, who was in high school, came out to me and told me that he was gay. And I hugged him, and I cried with him, and I listened as he shared his story, and I said, what can I do to help? What can I do to be there for you? I have found that few things are more powerful or transformative or crucial to the heart of human beings than having a community that loves and supports them, a community with whom we feel we truly belong. Yesterday, in many Jewish communities around the world, you read from the Torah, from the ancient text of not only the Jewish people, but so many people around the world. And the Book of Numbers, a story appears of the spies going into the land that becomes the Promised Land. These twelve scouts that God and Moses send to see what is this land about? Is it real? Can we really be there? Can we really take the promise that we have been given over so many years? This land of possibility and to make it ours, to make it a land where we really live. They look and they see a land where they might one day eat their bread in full, and dwell in the land securely where they might lie down with none to make them afraid. But when these twelve return to report on the future that awaits their communities, two distinct voices emerge. Ten of the twelve spies say, this country that we have traversed and scouted is one that devours its settlers, All the people we saw there are giants. We look like grasshoppers to ourselves, and so we must have looked to them. This is the voice in the world that says the challenges are too much. They're too much for me, they're too much for you. I, we, are not enough to overcome those who are set against us. Perhaps some of you know this voice. I have this voice inside of me. A voice that sometimes says that the hate, or the pressure, or bigotry in our world is too much for us to bear that we are too small as individuals, too few in number as a community, maybe not up to defeating the task. It's a voice that causes heartache and despair, When we hear about heat-filled killings of so many of our brothers and sisters, like Alente Davis, Timothy Blancher, Paris Cameron in Detroit earlier this month, or Ronald Peters in Decatur, Georgia, which I used to live in. This is a voice that tells us that heartbreak is very real and hope is very limited. But that's not the only voice we hear in this section from the book of Numbers. In particular, one man, Caleb, speaks up so powerfully that the text says he literally quiets down all other voices. He responds to the fear he hears by saying, No! Surely we must go up and inherit this land because we are absolutely capable of doing this. Caleb, the prophet, was the first to say, Yes, we can. He was the first. To be defiant, to say out loud, this is a place where we can be, where we can be us, where we can be seen, where we can be safe, where we can be at home. We all can make our way to a land where we can be not afraid, where we can be proud as we are today, where we can lie down in safety and none can make us terrified. We have the power of rights, of truth, of justice, of love for every one of our lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, gender non-binary, and unable to be boxed in brothers and sisters that I know we can make this land, this city, this country, and this world a land of fellowship and freedom. We are here today gathered in strength of every different type of person every different gender and race and religion and creed and background and ability level and everyone's story in order to work together for a day when hateful voices around us cease completely when the fearful voices that are inside us can rest and when all we hear is the voice of our own inner caleb saying yes yes you can yes we can yes to all you are yes to all that makes you beautiful person yes to us yes to our families yes to our friendships, to our partners, to our allies, yes to the world in which all human beings recognize one another. That we are not only created equal, that we are all created perfectly unique in order that we should come to be free, to open up to one another, to be our honest, truest, and most beautiful selves. Thank you all for being here and for supporting one another, happy Pi.
4: I'm Rabbi Daniel Bogard of Central Reform Congregation. Uh, I use he, him pronouns. A blessing for pride. Blessed be Marsha P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera, and all of those who have put their bodies on the line in Stonewall and over and over again afterwards to declare that trans rights are human rights and that anyone who's got a problem with that can get in line. Blessed be James Baldwin, Josephine Baker, David Bowie, and all of those who taught us with their words, with their rhythms, with their art, that none of the binaries are real. All of it is so much messier, so much more complex, and so much more beautiful than this or that can ever hold. Blessed be Baird Rustin, and all those who've changed the world in ways big and small and never ever quit just because people have told them that their struggle is a distraction. Blessed be all those whose stories we don't know, those whose art we have never seen, whose legacies and lives were pushed aside because of their gender, their sexuality, their humanity. Blessed be Edith Windsor, Aaron Frick, Elad and Andrew Devosh Banks. Blessed be the paralegals, the lawyers, the pavement pounders, the call makers, spend endless hours working spend endless hours working to ensure that LGBTQ folk are protected by the law rather than harassed by it. Blessed be Martina Navratilova, Michael Sam, Leonard Matlovich and all of those who refuse to live a lie for just one more minute. And blessed be all of those who have been and continue to be forced to live in a cruel closet not of their choosing and not of their making. Blessed be Sally Ride, who reminds us every day that there is nothing, not the quiet whispers of our neighbors or the bigot in the White House that can stop us from reaching the stars. Blessed be the memories of Matthew Shepard, of Nigel Shelby, and of all of those whose lives have been taken by homophobia, by transphobia, swear today that we will work and we swear this every day to create the world they should have lived in. Blessed be the memories of all of those who died of AIDS while our government looked away, our politicians laughed, and our medical professionals and all too often our religious leaders left their humanity at the doorstep. And blessed be all those who sat and held hands and gave love and promise that we would not give up, that no matter how great the work, how impossible the task, that we will not stop being proud. Blessed are you, source of good in the universe, who has given us lives of goodness and of meaning. Raised us up, called us to do the hard work of repairing this broken world, and brought us moment of pride thank
1: you fomo no not homo fomo the people yelling homo were over there on the corner fomo is fear of missing out and it can run us ragged sometimes you know Trying to feel like we always have to be there to ensure we never miss out on anything to ensure we catch every once in a lifetime opportunity every chance to be seen every chance to be involved but if we look at life through a spiritual lens if we consider life through the larger view we can recognize that there is a truth that we are all connected one to the other and powerful albeit invisible ways. There's a oneness that unites all of life, that connects us to every living thing, a oneness that means that we are a part of all that happens. It means we never really miss out on anything because I am in you and you are in me. It's true now, but it's also true for all of time, that in some way we are connected to every event that has ever occurred through history, especially the events of our own people. Our ancestors, those who have gone before us. At every moment, and every time, in every place, we were there. And in that spirit, I'd like to invite you to join me with uh, some of my friends from MCC in a litany that we've entitled, We Were There. And each time we speak the words, Did You Miss It? your response is, yeah. We Were There. So if you would, please. Because we believe in an embodied uh, space, rise as you are able. We are the queer people who taught us, taught the world to be in their bodies, to be proud of their bodies, to accept their bodies. So let's embody this today. Remember your response is, we were there. Were you there when our people were hiding in the dark? They had no names for us then. They just described us as men who laid with men as with women or men and women who gave up the natural for the unnatural. It was so very hidden away. Did you miss it? We were there.
5: Were you there when the first of us crept into the light? Homophiles, the Mattachine Society, Daughters of Politis, Eventually, homosexuals, queers, friends of Dorothy, faggots, and the wordless, upside-down, tr- pink triangle of a government's extermination. Were you too afraid? Those were dangerous days. Did you miss it? We were there.
6: Were you there when we dared for more? On one coast, for the first, the first gay church in 1968 in City of Angels. Then. Just a, a year later, fed a fed-up group of drag queens and people of color in a bar in the village. We dare to insist that God loved us too. We dare to insist that we were worthy of respect. We dare to insist that we were fully human and that we were divine. Did you watch it on the news while you were playing pretend? Did you miss it? We were
7: there. you there when we found our voice, standing tall in the Castro fighting Anita Bryant, James Dobson, Jerry Falwell, Phyllis Schlafly, and all those who would stand in our way, shouting when you heard the rallying cry, my name is Harvey Milk, and I am here to recruit you. We found our voice indeed, and created a new banner for ourselves, waving a rainbow flag that announced our diversity and maybe even reminded us of a rainbow promise from god did you revel in the glory
1: as we started to win did you miss it after the glory were you there for the dying first it was one friend but then two years later the living were left to wonder why me and not you loving six friends, losing lovers, act up, fight AIDS. Mr. President, when will you speak its name? Like all hardship, these dark days brought us together. No longer lesbians and gay men apart, we were a family. Caring for, nursing, blessing, and serving each other, we became LGBT together. We remember the names of those who died and we proclaim our faith that they are not lost but are right with us in this very moment. Did you miss it?
5: Out of the ashes, were you there like the phoenix, rising and fighting as we shook off the dust? Equality measures and housing protections came into view while marriage was always a core focus and pursuit. New partners emerged as our community grew, and our language evolved just as before. Cross-dressers, transvestites, transsexuals, transgender. There was so much to learn as our trans siblings came out in great numbers and began to teach us about the intersections of our own gender and sexuality. Were you open to the trans voice? Did you pay attention when trans people were murdered? Did you miss it? We were there.
6: Were you there? So many moments that required no explanation. Matthew Shepard. Supreme, Supreme Court victory. Pulse, Orlando. First Pride parades. First girlfriends. First hormone treatment. Stonewall is 50. Did you witness and celebrate as the tide turned and change came? Did you miss it? We were there.
7: Of course, the work is not over. The fight is not won. There will always be a need for more understanding, more growth, more ability to see the divine in everyone. But today we stand here on the shoulders of many. Think of their names, the ones who led you here, even bled for you here. There are us and we are them united in oneness, a spiritual family called queer. We proudly proclaim that young and old, gay and straight, male, female, trans, fluid, we, all of us, and everyone, we were there.
1: Say it with me.
2: We were there. Again. We
1: were there. One more time. We We were there. Amen. You may be seated. Good
8: morning. Good morning. I'm Kathy Adam Shepherd. It is my privilege and blessing to be the priest and dean at Christ Church Cathedral, just one block over that way. loved every day. You see these screens, the canvases, large canvases here, that uh, faithful volunteers are holding up. (laughs) The canvas to your left, over here, represents the first theme of our service, which is legacy. As you've heard, this year marks 50 years since the Stonewall Riot, 40 years of public work for LGBTQ liberation in St. Louis. On this canvas, to the right, we invite you to write a name of a person, draw the logo of an organization, or just share a couple of words to remember those who came before. Maybe you will name a civic hero, Maybe you will name the teacher who helped you know it was okay to be who you are. On the first canvas, you are invited to help us name those who went before the giants on whose shoulders we stand. And there are markers and tape right below the canvas. So if you would make your way, those of you who can are able, to the canvas, please do so. Come on. Well, you're doing that on the other canvas over there, see, you see what clergy spouses end up doing. <laughs> Blessed are they. <laughs> um, so on the canvas over here to your right, you are invited to challenge us. Name with words or draw with pictures a hope that you have for our city. Challenge us to dream bigger to work for more, to keep up the fight? What do you challenge your neighbor to build with you? How do you challenge yourself? What kind of future do you hope for? So that's the challenge side, and this is the legacy side.
2: Thanks, Kathy. As people continue to um, make their way to the canvases, and you're welcome to continue to do that through the rest of the service, uh, we're at a moment of transition. We're moving into our next theme for the service, which is challenge. Uh, And the first moment of challenge, uh, we invite all children to come up. Uh, The Reverend Lori Ancelotti from Holy Communion will be reading a children's book. Uh, It's important that we bring all generations along with us in this movement. So Lori is going to be reading from the book From the Stars in the Sky to the Fish in the Sea. So all children, you're welcome to come up to where Lori is here at the base of the stage.
9: Come on up, guys. I've got a great storybook. this book. same, the baby's mother gave her child a bath and rocked them in her arms. Your name she said is Mulan and she sang a song that her own mother had sung to her long ago. Whatever you dream of I believe you can be From the stars in the sky to the fish in the sea You can crawl like a or with feathers fly
0: high.
9: And I'll always be here. I'll be standing by. And you'll know that I'll love you, love you, till the day that I die. And even though they still couldn't decide, the baby felt loved. I grew up to be a strange, magical child who was always changing. They grew feathers and wings to fly with bluebirds in the morning, scales and a tail to swim with fish in the afternoons, and fur and paws to play with puppies in the evenings. One day, it was time for the child to go to school. They were so excited. They grew a tail of peacock feathers and a coat of tiger stripes said Mulan's mother. But when they got to school, the other students were either boys or girls. They had no feathers, no scales, no leaves, no fur, no fins, not even any sparkle. No one invited Mulan to play. One little boy ran up to the child and asked, What are you supposed to be? Weilan didn't even know how to answer. When they came home, their mother asked them how they liked school. It's okay, said Weilan. Did you make any friends? Not really, said Weilan. That night, Weilan's mother tucked them into bed and sang, You can crawl like a crab, or with feathers fly high. I'll be near sending by, and you'll know that I love you, love you till the day that I die. And Wilan felt loved, but also worried. The next day, Wilan wore no feathers, no scales, no leaves, no fur, no fins, no shells, no spines, not even any sparkles and was invited to play baseball with the boys. No one pointed, whispered, or laughed, or stared. But when Wilan joined the little girls playing hopscotch, boys don't play hopscotch, said a little girl. Are you a boy or a girl anyway? Asked a little boy. Didn't you have a shell or feathers the other day? Asked a little girl. What? You supposed to be, said several children at once. I don't know, said Muilan. And shwilan shouted and galloped out of the playground on horses' hooves, swam through the stream with a fish's tail, and soared up the hill on eagle's wings. How was school? asked Muilan's mother. I wore feathers and stripes so that the other kids would think I was beautiful, but they thought I was weird. And then I wore a shell and spine so that no one would pull or poke me, but they wouldn't talk to me. And then I tried to be just like everyone else, but I haven't made any friends. I can't decide what to be. Why do I have to be just one thing? It isn't always easy to be different from everyone, said mother. But you can only be who you are. What if, what if the other children don't like who I am? Sniffled only on. The mother smiled sadly. I don't know, she admitted, but I do know this. Whatever you dream of, I believe you can be. From the stars in the sky to the fish in the sea, and Welon felt loved. That night, they slept a deep sleep. Welon asked. The next day, Welon wore fur. Feathers, scales, leaves, and many sparkles that glittered like stars. For a moment, none of the other children spoke. Then a little girl said, You can fly? That is so cool. I like your sparkles, said a little boy. I'm, I'm sorry I pulled your feathers, said the boy with red hair. I was just a little jealous of them. Willan asked, Does anyone want to play with me? They showed the other children how to gallop like horses, climb like monkeys, and swim like fish. It was fun to be many different things. And the child of fur, feathers, scale, leaves, and sparkles, who was neither boy nor girl, but many things, and always changing, felt happy. The end.
2: some readings. I'm inviting up a group of Episcopal readers starting
10: Let us march on ballot boxes. March on ballot boxes until race baiters disappear from the political arena. Let us march on ballot boxes until the salient misdeeds of bloodthirsty mobs will be transformed into calculated good deeds of orderly citizens. Let us march on ballot boxes until we send to our city councils, state legislatures, and United States Congress, people who will fear to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. Let us march on ballot boxes until justice becomes more of a meaningless word and an opening prayer, but the order of the day on every legislative agenda. There's nothing wrong with marching in this sense. The Bible tells us that Joshua merely marched around the walled city of Jericho and the barriers to freedom came tumbling down. From Dr. King.
11: I am from Christchurch Cathedral, and my pronouns are she, her, and hers, and the words that I am about to share with you are words for all of us to hold on to and to keep. I am an expression of the divine. Just like a peach is, just like a fish is. I have a right to be this way. I can't apologize for that, nor can I change it, nor do I want to. We will never have to be other than who we are in order to be successful. We realize that we are as ourselves unlimited and our experiences valid. It is for the rest of the world to recognize this, if they choose, the words of Alice Walker.
7: Good morning. My name is Steve Alanya. I'm also at Christ Church Cathedral, and my pronouns are he and his. In the cause of silence, each of us draws the face of her own fear fear of contempt of censure, of some judgment, or recognition, of challenge, of annihilation. But most of all, I think, we fear the visibility without which we cannot truly live. And that visibility which makes us most vulnerable is that which also is the source of our greatest strength, the words of Audrey Lord. Good
12: morning. I am Shirley Mensah, and I am with the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion in University City. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I have two readings, because I don't think one is enough. St. Paul writes in the letter to the Galatians, there is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against things like this. And in the same vein of St. Paul's letter, Antozaki Shange wrote in her acclaimed work for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. I was a child, endlessly weaving garments for the moon with my tears. I found God in myself, and I loved her. I loved her fiercely.
13: Greetings. I am Rudy Nickens, also of the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion in University City. I selected a few words from a few people, so bear with me. The first says, when an individual is protesting society's refusal to acknowledge his dignity as a human being, his very act of protest confers dignity upon him. We need in every bay and community, a group of angelic troublemakers. The proof that one truly believes is in action. From Byron Rustin. And the, and the second piece that I want to read from says, We, the people, declare today that the most evident of truths, that all of us are created equal, is the star that guides us. Still, just as it guided our forebearers through Seneca Falls and Selma and Stonewall, just as it guided all those men and women, sung and unsung, who left footprints along this great mall, to hear a preacher say that we cannot walk alone, To hear a king proclaim that our individual freedom is inextricably bound to the freedom of every soul on earth. From Barack Obama. And my final words. We cannot merely pray to God to end war, for the world was made in such a way. We must find that our own path of peace within ourselves and within our neighbors. We cannot merely pray to God to root out our prejudice, for we already have eyes with which to see the good in all people if we can only use them rightly. We cannot merely pray to God to end starvation, for we already have the resources with which to feed the entire world if we would use them wisely. We cannot merely pray to God to end despair, for we already have the power to clear away slums and to give hope if we would only use our power justly. We cannot merely pray to God to end disease, for we already have great minds with which to search our cures and healings if we only would use them constructively. Therefore, we pray instead for strength, determination, and willpower to do instead of merely pray, to become instead of merely to wish that our world may be safe and that our lives may be blessed. Jack Green, thank you.
14: Barbie Flick, deacon at Christ Church Cathedral. My pronouns are she, her, hers.
15: My name is Beth Scriven. I am the priest and chaplain for the Episcopal Campus Ministry in St. Louis, and my pronouns are also she, her, hers. And I'm going to invite you, as you are able, to rise and participate in another litany, While we are living in challenging times of division and disagreement, as people of faith and as people of no faith, we proclaim a future that dares to trust in blessing, that believes that the die is not yet cast, that boldly proclaims that grace bats last. For our final litany today, we invite you to respond with the phrase, we claim our hope-filled future. Let's say it together now.
4: We We claim claim
15: our hope-filled future. Let's do it once more. We We claim our hope-filled future.
14: Though there are always reasons to fear, though any of us can be tempted to despair, today we stand together in faith, today, we remind ourselves that we are not alone and that there is also a tremendous amount of good in this world, and so, we claim our hope-filled future.
15: Today we stand with pride and gratitude for all that has brought us to this moment. For every person, every organization, every act group that helped us get this far, we accept the mantle of this moment, claim it as ours to bear, and pledge to do our part to take us the next step on our journey toward freedom. Though the road ahead still needs clearing for those who will follow, we claim our hope-filled future.
14: While we must still come together every December 1st to remember and commemorate World AIDS Day, we celebrate antiretrovials, prep and the coming cure for which we have prayed for so long. Even while we wait, we claim our hope for a future.
15: While we cannot yet see a future, where we no longer need a Transgender Day of Remembrance. We hold on to our belief in a future of acceptance, love, and peace. A future where our trans siblings can live, love, and worship without fear or reservation. So even while we wait, we claim our hope-filled future.
14: Though more people of faith embrace LGBTQ+, identities and people, than ever before, we can see that there is still much more to do before all faith traditions embrace theologies and philosophies that are truly founded on unconditional love. Though we are from many different traditions, we are unified by our faith in the power of such love to transform the world, Until that power of unconditional love brings the healing we foresee, we claim our hope-filled
15: future. We remember every moment that brought us here. We remember when we longed for advocates and we celebrated every positive portrayal of us in the media. And though we now struggle with how and when to accept support from systems that have done us harm, we hold fast to our trust that we are on a journey of truth and love. Though we cannot see where this road may lead, we, we claim our
9: fulfilled future.
14: While perfect equality and equity may be a far off vision. More equality and greater equity are just within our reach. For every person within the gender and sexual minority community, we pledge our friendship. We affirm our relationship as family. We commit to going forward together so none of us is left behind, left alone, or forgotten. For each and every blessed step we take from this moment forward, we claim our hope-filled future
16: good morning everyone I'm James Croft, I'm one of the leaders of the Ethical Society of St. Louis and I go by he, him, his pronouns. Humanists don't have scriptures, but we do have poems. So this is a poem from Algernon Black, who was once leader of the Ethical Society in New York. This is a call to the living, to those who refuse to make peace with evil, with the suffering and waste of the world. This is a call to the human, not the perfect, to those who know their own prejudices who have no intention of becoming prisoners of their own limitations. This is a call to those who remember the dreams of their youth, who know what it means to share food and shelter, the care of children and those who are troubled, to reach beyond barriers of the past, bringing people to communion. This is a call to the never-ending spirit of the common person, our essential decency, our integrity beyond all education and wealth, our unending capacity to suffer and endure, to face death and destruction, and to rise again and build from the ruins of life. This is the greatest call of all, the call to a faith in people. Now I don't know about you, but my faith in people has been shaken recently. Seeing the vicious divisions within our own community, which has surfaced just over the past few weeks, it certainly feels to me like we're becoming prisoners of our own limitations. And this week, for the first time since I came out almost ten years ago, I considered skipping Pride. Because I feel disappointed in my own community and angry. And that doesn't make me feel very proud. Did I look out across this crowd and I see children dancing and listening to a story in front people who are young and some a little bit older from all parts of our lgbtqia plus community people earlier clamoring to hear what we had to say from outside the barriers and i am reminded i am still alive i am still morally and spiritually alive and i refuse to make peace with evil and i think that's true Of many of us. Is that you? Do you refuse to make peace with evil? I thought so. We're here at Pride Fest at this service so very early in the morning, particularly on Pride weekend, at the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, because we understand that Pride is more than a party. It is more than a celebration. Pride is the assertion of our dignity in the face of a challenging world. A declaration that despite our suffering, despite the prejudice, despite what the world has done to us, that we are still alive. And that means we have to keep living. We have to keep living into the challenges that face us as a community. And I think our challenge this year is to remember the dreams of our movement's youth. Because whatever the people were fighting for at Stonewall, I guarantee it was not police marching in the parade and the trans community retiring from it. It was not, it was not sponsors giving money to the Pride Fest one day and then money to anti-gay politicians the next day. It was not our own community at each other's throats because some people are not hearing what other members of our own community are saying. That's not why Marsha P. Johnson climbed up that light post on the second day of the Stonewall Riots and dropped a handbag filled with a brick onto a cop car's windshield. That is not why young street kids, kids with nothing, risked everything in a running battle with police through the streets of New York. And that's not why Harvey Milk was shot in an office in San Francisco for proclaiming a message of hope. What they were fighting for was a future in which all our community live liberated, not where some are comfortable and others are left out. We must remember the dreams of our youth. So my call today to the LGBTQIA plus community of St. Louis is to rise again, to face the death and destruction of our time, young people becoming less accepting of people like us. A surge of hate crimes across the nation, a political establishment taking away rights that we fought so hard to gain. And to build from those ruins something new. That would be a pride we can all be proud of.
1: So as we draw our service to a close this morning, we want to invite you to continue to come forward. This uh, banner, very helpfully if you're short, made it where it's real easy to write on top now. So uh, I wanna say a quick word actually, if I can, of thanks to Mike's partner, Ellis, Ellis, who put these together this morning, stressed out about them. Can we thank him? Yeah. Waiting over there to us. Again, the things that clergy spouses get wrapped up into. We do invite you to continue to come forward and and engage with either of the banners on the front or the back. Uh, We're leaving them up, inviting the community to engage with them throughout the day. Remember where you stood today on this 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Remember being present and a part of this moment. Don't let that go. Take pictures, selfies with these uh, canvases so that they'll come up in your
2: time clock and remind you where you were on this day. We thank you for joining us. And as you go from this place, continue to give thanks. Continue to give thanks for those brave young people, for those brave drag queens and trans folks who fought back and started a movement. Continue to give thanks for the heroes, great and small, many of whose words we heard today, who won court cases and legislative victories. And remember that this day, the work is not done. Continue to give thanks for MTUG and our trans community here in St. Louis, who continue to challenge us here this day to live bigger, to dream bigger, to think bigger. And remember that the work is not done until all people's human rights are recognized, until every member of the LGBTQ community is safe and valued and knows they are loved. Remember the words and images you shared, the legacy that brought us here, and the challenge for our future.
10: All right.
7: Before we sing our final song, I want to say thank you to Mary Chapman, director of music at Holy Communion. My name's Mary Smith, I'm at Metropolitan Community Church. And thank this choir of various churches. Thank you, choir, so much for putting in the time. Stand up, please. We want to end with one song, and as a, as a thank you, we're gonna let you take your chair back to the tent. When you right, we need to do that, don't we? Okay, yeah, so thank you, choir, appreciate it. Sing along with the last song. this is me.